how the Rams are continuing to prove the experts wrong. We have big takeaways for the Rams 37 to 14 win over the Cardinals and LA's updated playoff chances. That's coming up next here on Locked on Rams. You are locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramley? And welcome to another episode of Lockdown Rams, your daily podcast covering your Los Angeles Rams. Free and available wherever you get your podcast. Lockdown Rams, part of Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We're also over on YouTube. So if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to Lockdown Rams YouTube channel. Just past 10,000 subscribers, all thanks to you. So if you want to do us a huge favor, join the party, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, hit that like button, and let us know what is your big takeaway from the Rams win over the Cardinals. My name is Doug McCain. My friends call me DMAC. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. I've been covering LA sports for over a decade. The Lakers for outside the Dodgers, Dodgers Nation, the Rams for locked on. But um, today I'm joined by, as always, the people's champ, Mr. Travis Rogers. You can follow him on X at Travis Rogers. Of course, Travis is the Rams pre-half and post-game show host for the Rams flagship radio station, ESPN 710 LA. He's in his eighth season covering your Los Angeles Rams. And we've got a big show today. We've got big takeaways from the Rams win over the Cardinals, 37-14. to 14. We've got the updated playoff chances. What did we learn about this team? That's coming up next. But first, this episode of Lockdown Rams brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Lockdown NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now, Travis, the Rams win again. We got a winning streak going. They beat the Cardinals thirty-seven to fourteen. If you look at their record, sitting at five and six, they improve their playoff chance. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. My first big takeaway, though, is the Rams. They might have themselves a top five running back in Kyron. Williams. Kyron Williams continued to impress. If you look at his numbers, 143 yards, 8.9 yards per carry, 61 yards received at a 15-yard catch, a 61-yard screen pass there. It's six catches, 100-plus yards. That was the first time a Rams running back has done that since Todd Gurley in 2018. That Royce Freeman, he performed really well, but really nice game for Kyron Williams. Yeah, he was terrific, um, and it, the Rams' offense looks completely different with him, right? That The Rams' offense with Williams uh, looks a lot like the best version of the Rams' offense that we've seen. Th- think think about it, and, and I'm glad that you mentioned Tom Gurley there a second ago, DMAC, because that's the best version of this that we've seen is when Gurley was at his best. This is the next best thing, and again, it changes everything. Everything. Matthew Stafford has a little safety valve out of the backfield. They had a running game that keeps the defense honest. We saw Tyler Higby get involved for the first time all season long, where he gets a pair of touchdown passes. And Cooper Cup, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point on the pod here, really has not been a factor for the last five games. And yet the Rams have looked pretty decent offensively for periods of time. That's the really good news. Williams is a really nice player. There's no question about it. The two best games that he's had, 
both against Arizona. So I need I need to see one against somebody that's not the Arizona Cardinals. Cleveland this weekend would be a great time to do it. I'm not trying to throw cold water on it, but the two breakout games we've seen from Williams have both come against Arizona. Arizona's a two-win team. They're one of the worst teams in the league. So let me see it against Cleveland. Let me see it against New Orleans. Let me see it against Washington or the Giants or even better, maybe a pretty decent day against the Baltimore Ravens in a couple of weeks. Show it to me against somebody that's not the Cardinals and you will have my absolute full attention. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, the Cardinals, one of the worst teams, probably the worst team in the NFL right now. You're trying to bring back a Kyler Murray in this situation, but still mm-hmm. Kyron Williams, I think that his skill set translates to the entire NFL. I mean, you look at the burst he has, the quick, just one cut and go mentality, his vision. He's been so impressive I and mean, he has the versatility. He's a dynamic runner. And you look at the fact that, look, when he's in the game, he's the ultimate Rams glue guy this season. You could probably make the case for Puka Naku. You can make the case for Cooper Cup in years past. This year, that man is Kyron Williams. You look at their offense, 25 points per game when he's in and the Rams, they're four and three. 25 points per game. They're four and three in those games with Kyron Williams. When he's out of lineup, one and four, they scored 14.25 points per game. So to me, the proof right there is in the numbers that when he's in the backfield, you see Sean McVay want to prioritize the run more. He's more comfortable running plays with Kyron Williams back there. Also, want to tip my cap to the offensive line. We'll talk about them in a second here. And also, your Oregon Duck, Royce Freeman, 13 carries, 77 yards, had a 23-yard long. I think for the first time, we might see the duo they've been looking for since Gurley, since the last couple years, that maybe they can move forward with. You need two, right? That this is the way that the NFL works. You're not going to give a guy, you know, 35 carries the way you might have in the 80s or the 90s and just burn the rubber off of a guy's tires. It doesn't work like that, especially a player like Williams, who has had a history of injury problems. You need to be a little bit more judicious in how you use him, a little bit more strategic in how often you're giving him the ball. And Freeman gives you a nice plan B. And, and they're different stylistically, too. So it kind of gives you a little bit of an option. I'm going to, I know we do a lot of Dodger comparisons here. I want to do a quick Laker comparison here. The, the, the Kyron Williams thing reminds me a little bit of Austin Reeves, right? That Austin Reeves was the, oh, that's a pretty nice player. Let's see what happens, too. Oh, you know what? He should probably play a little more, too. You know what? He should be in the starting lineup, too. You know what? Let's pay that guy and have him be the third best player on a team that you think might go to the championship. Well, what happened? The rest of the NBA started to look at Austin Reeves and game plan for him and deal with him. And it hasn't been nearly what we thought it was going to be. This is my interest in Kyron Williams moving forward. Now that he is a guy, and everything you've said, D-Mac, I think is true, defensive coordinators and you know other opposing teams would be like, all right, we got to deal with Kyron Williams. Before it was, we got to deal with Matthew Stafford. We got to deal with Cooper Cup. I think Puka Nakua started to to uh, to generate some attention along the way. Well, now Williams is too. So when that starts to happen, what does it look like? It looked pretty darn good on Saturday or on Sunday, and I'm excited to see what it looks like moving forward. But this is the beginning of the Kyron Williams story. I'm curious what the middle looks like. Yeah, it's a really great point right there as far as the Austin Reeves comparison and how, look, when teams can game plan for you, you're scouted like that. They're going to find your weaknesses. They're going to find ways to exploit that. With Kyron, hopefully continues to build on this. I think one thing I was thinking on Sunday was, look, they went all in on trying to get CMC, right? And they're willing to give up those picks and really go all in on that season. Well, look, CMC is a great player. I'm not putting him in his class where he's done it for a long period of time. But if you can get a CMC lighter, wish.com CMC, whatever you want to call it, 
that's something where you can allocate those resources elsewhere and bring in that edge, bring in a left tackle, bring in a cornerback and say, hey, we've got our guy. Now, he doesn't have that home run speed, but kind of no. to go back to our Dodgers, right? Give me Freddie Freeman's doubles versus Kyle Schwarber's home runs, right? Give me a guy hits doubles and singles and is consistent versus the guy that's going there and swinging for the fences every single time. You saw in the 56-yard run, great block there, just everyone just sealing their guys along the line. Avila, Shelton, really nice block by Cup on that play, which we'll talk about. But yeah, kind of ran out of gas there late, but still, it's the vision, the quickness, really love the game now. Before we go next to me real quick, Matthew Stafford, he ends up going 25 for 33, 229 yards, four TDs, one interception. Through that interception before the half, but really like the game out of Stafford. PFF didn't love him. They gave him a 68.2 grade. But that's why I call them PFWTF sometimes, <laughs> but still, I think it was a very solid and a confidence builder game, knowing that Stafford can go out there, play through an injury, and still perform. He threw four touchdown passes and, and, yeah. and he threw one terrible interception that they were very lucky did not get run back the other way for a pick six guy kind of caught his toe in the turf and went down. It's not like really anybody tripped him up necessarily, but I thought Stafford was good. You're going to get, you know, a, one of those game. Where you're like, Oh my gosh, what in the world was he looking at? But you're also going to get a guy. Look, I, I said this last night, I was texting with some buddies watching Monday night football. Matthew Stafford, when he watches a game like last night between the Vikings and the Bears, should walk into Stan Kroenke's office and offer to work for $100 million a game. There are no good quarterbacks in this league. There are none. The Rams no. have one, right? There are maybe 10 guys that are legitimately good at this. Very few are perfect. Maybe Mahomes. Mahomes might be the one guy that you really wouldn't change much about. Maybe Lamar Jackson. They're just There aren't many of them. You have one of them. There are going to be some warts. There's going to be an interception here or there. But Stafford is still the brain, the heartbeat, the spine, and everything else of this team. They go as he goes. And I thought he had a really good day. Maybe the stat the stat people didn't love him. But it, it a lot. what did he have, D-Mac? Can you mention it? He had time. He had lots and lots of time. And you give that guy some time, he's going to carve you up. And he did. And he still makes those throws to give you goosebumps. The 42-yard... Yeah vertical to 2-2 Atwell perfectly placed ball there. Yeah, I thought it was a really good game for Matthew Stafford and really just builds on my confidence that, yeah, he wants to go out to compete this year, and that's the most important thing if this team is helping on making the playoffs, which they absolutely are at this point. But coming up on our next segment, more big takeaways, and we've got the updated playoff chances for the Rams coming up next. What do they need to do to get into the playoffs? That's coming up next here on Locked on Rams. So we're getting into that time of year where you're buying gifts for people, right? And you're thinking about it. Maybe you got kids, maybe you got a brother, a dad that loves to go to game, but you've had that frustrating experience trying to get your hands on the right tickets and the good seats, especially if you kind of wait until the last minute, you don't need to worry about it anymore. Game time. The game time app needs to be on your phone. Killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. The Game Time app takes the guesswork out of buying tickets to your next big event, whether it's a sporting event, whether it's a, a concert, a comedy show. Maybe you want to go see some theater, take your mom or your sister or your girlfriend, right? You can go do all of those sorts of things, and you don't need to do anything other than put the Game Time app on your phone. They have deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, even an hour after it starts. It is the absolute best place to find your last-minute seats. So download the Game Time app. 
Create an account and use the code Locked On NFL L O C K E D O N N F L Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Again, create that game time app Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off. Go put the game time app on your phone. Terms apply. And welcome back to Locked On Rams. Thank you for being a Locked On Rams, your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And a special shout out to our everyday listeners out there. We appreciate you watching every episode, listening to every episode. And you can join that everyday listeners club too. We just extended the Cyber Monday sale. It's still currently 100% free. So you guys can definitely join that. And you won't miss a thing about your Los Angeles Rams. Now, Travis, here in our second segment, Going to pick up on our big takeaways. My next big takeaway, we kind of talked about a little bit. You got to give this offensive line a ton of credit, starting with Kevin Dotson. I think we got to dedicate an entire segment, maybe an entire show on why Les Snead the gang should bring him back on an extension. But he was phenomenal once again. If you look at his PFF grades, they're always at or near the top every single week. A 92.2 PFF grade, 90.5 run blocking grade. Did not allow a single pressure in 35 pass blocking snaps. He was fantastic once again. Yeah, he was. I was listening to Sean McVay talk about him in the uh, post-game press conference, and he called him K-Dot. So I'm only Ooh. referring to him as K-Dot from this part forward. It's a much cooler way to do it than uh, Kevin Dotson. But he was great. The, 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 the Rams' offensive line looked not just functional. It looked pretty good. I thought that Steve Avila had a really nice day. You mentioned that block he had down the field where he took out two people with just one block. It was uh, it was quite a good day for him. Dotson, as you mentioned, we didn't really talk about Alark Jackson or Joe Nopum all that much in the game. So we had a, a lot of opportunities there to have guys fill in, have guys play pretty well. And again, I'm not trying to be a pessimist. I, I'm excited about where this team is. I'm excited about the way that they looked. It's the Arizona Cardinals. Show it to me against a team that's far more dangerous, far more talented than the Arizona Cardinals. Because here's the, here's the fact of the matter, DMAC. That's probably the first time since the last time they played the Cardinals where the Rams went out on the field and had more talent than the opposition. That's just not something that they've had all season long. When they're playing the 49ers, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the, you know these teams that they've had, even the Indianapolis Colts, the Seahawks, who they've beat a couple of times, they just don't have as much high-end talent as those teams. They have more than Arizona, and I think it showed. Go do it against Cleveland. Do it against Washington. Do it against uh, New Orleans, those teams that you have to beat to get into the playoffs, and it can be incredibly exciting. Just I, I, I loved it. The line looked really good but the Arizona Cardinals are not a good football team. Yeah, absolutely. When it comes to Dotson, of course, calling him K-Dot. Look, they got to give him those money trees. Being a great offensive lineman is in his DNA. It's hard for him to be humble. And when he turned, when he came to the Rams, this Rams offensive line, they were going to be all right. Of course, they're all Kendrick Lamar songs. I don't know why I had to throw that in there. But, yeah, you mentioned Havenstein. You mentioned Alaric Jackson. Only allowed three pressures for Jackson, two for Havenstein. And you mentioned the most important point. that Let's put this into perspective yeah. and put this into context there is, yes, not a lot of games – in the NFL, the 32 teams, when the Rams are matched up player for player, yeah, maybe 1 through 10, you might get close, right? But 10 through 20, then you start to have that conversation. Who's the more talented team? But then it kind of comes back to me as, as winners win, right? And this is an yeah. organization that has won. These coaches have won. And they just can't help themselves. They're very competitive people that want to go out there and prove people wrong and win games. But going back to Kyron Williams, and I think to your point earlier, Kyron Williams, he – 
leads the NFL in average yards before contact at 4.3 yards. No running back in the NFL has more than four. 473 of his 599 yards have come before contact. So that's almost 80%. So that's more credit to this offensive line. If you look at the adjusted line yards, they're right there in the top 10. So really got to feel good about this offensive line performance. And they get a lot of credit for Kyron Williams' success. Now, how about, I mean, where you say, Travis? No, I just did Royce Freeman too, right? I know that he's more yeah. of a rugged guy, but just the fact that they were able to run as effectively as they were with both of those guys, I think speaks to the quality of the offensive line. And look, we, we were kind of looking at each other, Kirk Morrison and I, who I do the, the pre-half and post with, watching all the time that Matthew Stafford has, it was shocking because usually it's take the snap, 1,001, 1,002, and that ball's not out. There's somebody in his face. This was 1,001, 1,002, 1,003. Like, and that extra second feels like an eternity. And if you give him time, he's going to find guys. And if the running games work and you don't have guys with their ears pinned back coming forward like that, uh, it, the Rams could be a pretty darn good team. I just really need to see it against somebody that's not an NFC West. They're they're four and one in the NFC West, and they're one and five against the rest of the league. So it's just it, it's one of and and they only have one NFC West game left, and it's against the team that they never beat. They're going to have to beat some teams outside of their division if they want to get to where they want to go. 100%. And you can't just feast off the NFC West. And hopefully when you play the Niners at the very end of the season, there's no playoff implications. They're resting starters. And it's a little bit of a gimme game. I hate to go in that with that mentality, but hey, why not? Right. But right. how about the defense, Travis? I mean, Cardinals, they had 75 yards and a touchdown drive on their opening possession. Then it was three and out on their next four and they had just 54 yards into their last two drives of the game when it was already over. The game had been decided at a 34% success rate. I think as a whole, the secondary had their best game really in a long time. I think Jordan Fuller was outstanding. Witherspoon was back to playing like the guy we saw earlier in the year. I think yeah. the defense, they continued to be a surprise this season when a lot of people had them as being one of the worst defenses in NFL history. That has not been the case. Kobe Turner stepped up, had his best game as a pro. So I really love what I saw at his Rams D. Yeah, like you mentioned, Kobe Turner with a pair of sacks along the way. Uh, they did a really good job on Kyler Murray outside of that opening drive. And again, broken record time. Every day is rolling their eyes time, right? It's the Arizona Cardinals. The Rams yeah. always play well against the Cardinals. The Rams are 9-0 and in their last nine games in Arizona. Sean McVay's only lost to the Cardinals twice in the seven years that he's been the head coach of this team. I, th they looked good. They played well. Everything looked really sharp and crisp and excellent. It's Arizona. Show it to me against a team that's not the Arizona Cardinals, and you will have my full attention. But this, the, I, I, everything that I saw that I loved as much as I did, I kept coming back to, yeah, but they always look good against the Cardinals. Show me how you look against somebody that's not that. Yeah, you can't deny the competition level that was there. But uh, yeah, as far as this Rams team, I think, yeah, the competition was bad, but trying to get more confidence. And look, no like like Frank the Tank said in old school, let's, we're going streaking, right? And they're on a winning streak. And when you build that winning streak, you get that winning mentality. Sometimes winning against bad teams can help you win against good teams, right? So yeah, and also, like you said, the, the Rams, for whatever reason, certain teams own teams in this league. The Rams absolutely own the Arizona Cardinals. Absolutely. Yep. And they took advantage once again. You highlighted Kobe Turner, kind of one more mention of that. Like you said, I mean, Two sacks, his first multi-sack game. You look at the value they got with that pick. He's continued to improve, continued to take advantage of playing alongside 
a Aaron Donald. We look at Jalen Carter on the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Someone who top 10 pick could win defensive rookie of the year. He's has four sacks. So not a big, just measure the sacks to really evaluate a player's effectiveness. But if you look at that number right there, it kind of puts a little bit into context, how much value they're continuing to get. And I also just want to point out too, we've talked about Puka Nakua pretty much every single show. It feels like we yep. talked about Steve Avila a ton. We talked about Byron Young a ton. Kobe Turner, he's like right outside of that top three and joining kind of the big four as far as the rookies that have really turned out to be good picks by this Rams team. They've really hit on those guys. So definitely a positive sign. Can I throw one more guy in there? Because Absolutely. I love those four, those four guys that you mentioned. Those guys are NFL players. They're NFL starters. There are guys that you can count on moving forward in this league. So's their punter. Right. So, oh, so you go yeah. out there and Ethan Evans, I get it that you're not going to build your team around the punter, but think about what this team looked like when they had a really high level, all pro type punter in Johnny Hecker. It's just another weapon to have in your bag. And Ethan Evans has been a really good weapon there. Again, it, it, it was a draft to see what you can find. And if you found a regular on your special teams combined with all the regulars that we've talked about on defense and Turner and Young, the regulars that you have on offense and Avila and Puka Nakua, that's five guys that you found in one draft as NFL starters. That's a big, big deal. Absolutely. Of course, Ethan Evans out of Wingate, they finished their season going 27 nothing against UVA Wise. Finished our season. I call it, I say our when I talk big, about win big rivalry. Big rivalry. Big rivalry. Our win gig finished an eight and three. They took advantage yeah. of the locked on Rams vibes in. Yeah, it's gonna be a long <laughs> off season, but uh hopefully get some big NIL money in your yeah, crew. Maybe sure. they'll hire Alex Grinch as their coordinator. I don't know who knows what they're gonna try to do. But uh yeah, coming up in our next segment. We do have some negative takeaways about the win and the Rams' current playoff chances, what they can do to get into the playoffs and where they stand right now. That's coming up next here on Locked on Rams. All right, so as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers are staying hot at FanDuel, right? Right now, new customers get a $150 bonus bet, right, with any winning $5 money line bet. Let me tell you that again. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bets. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads. For instance, last look, the Rams, four and a half point favorites over the visiting Cleveland Browns this upcoming Sunday at SoFi Stadium. That's a, that's a pretty good number for the Rams. A little surprising number as well. There are player props. There are over-unders, all sorts of things you can do at FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on and get into the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And welcome back to Locked On Rams. Thank you for being Locked On Rams, your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, Travis, here in our final segment, you just talked about Ethan Evans and how he has such a booming leg. He's going to be the punter of the future. Well, it looks like the Rams still have not found their kicker. Luke Haverisic. He did not look good. He missed a 50-yarder, missed an extra point. It feels like we're almost going to be back to the drawing board at some point. And look, there's not a ton of kickers available out there. So if you do get into the playoffs or in a pressure situation, yeah. this could be something that could rear its ugly head later in the year. 
Yeah, if this were two years ago and the Rams were a Super Bowl contender, if this were the first part of the McVay era and you knew that you're going to have high-pressure uh, uh, playoff games and maybe, you know, like think of Greg the Leg in New Orleans when they won the NFC Championship. He gave a couple of 50-plus yarders in the fourth quarter in overtime to win those games. Uh, Matt Gay was terrific for the Rams while he was here. This team's not going to the Super Bowl. This team is not going to, you know, it may come down to getting into the playoffs or not with a kick, but I, I have a hard time imagining that this is how they would have gone into the season if they thought that they were going to be a kick away, right? Then you got to go find somebody that's a little bit more NFL pedigreed uh, than Luke Haversick at this point. It It is what it is. Like you said, DMAC, there's not like there's this, this long list of, of capable NFL kickers that are out there waiting to get signed. There just really aren't very many. I know we talk a lot about the quarterbacks and how few good ones of those there are. There might be the same amount of super reliable kickers out there as well. Maybe a few more. Maybe there's 10 or 15 of those as opposed to five or 10 quarterbacks, but they're hard to find. The Rams don't have one, and I wouldn't be shocked if – one of those games I know we're going to talk about against Washington, against New Orleans, against the Giants, that you miss a field goal against one of those teams that could keep you out of the playoffs. Yeah, that is my concern right now. I mean, you're starting to see the confidence level of him as far as just his facial expressions, body language, big the eyes. eyes getting big. Yeah, big that's where you start to <laughs> really get nervous because I'm telling you, these kickers, they know that their livelihood is based on each and every kick and teams are not shy about letting kickers go. So hopefully he turns around, has a big, I mean, he does have a pretty booming leg. As yeah. you can see the potential there and why they sign him, but Hey, you got to kick it through those uprights. So yeah, it's definitely something to look at moving forward. The next is Cooper cup. So this has been a theme on this show for the last couple of weeks. We've been following this very closely, only three receptions, 18 yards on five targets. He was gimpy, kind of limping around after that first catch. He had that drop right there, and he just does not look anywhere near 100%. He's looking like a shell of himself right now. And look, it's no fault of his own. This is a guy who's had that hamstring injury earlier in the year. He had the ankle injury. He's been banged up, but he just does not look like the guy that he was in seasons past. No, he doesn't. And he looks fragile. And he looks slow, which is really, really troublesome. And you mentioned the game that he just had uh, against Arizona. I want to open it up a little past that. I want to talk about the last five games that Cooper Cup has had, starting with Arizona and going backwards. He's had three catches, one catch, two catches, four catches, two catches. You're talking about six, eight, nine, 12 catches in the last five games for Cooper Cup. 12 catches was a good day for him a couple of years. <laughs> He's had 12 catches in five weeks. That's not good enough. And it's not like they don't try to find him the ball. He's had drops. He just does that first play of the game. or wasn't the first play of the game, but the first time they threw him the ball. Wasn't a good pass for Matthew Stafford. It was low, but it looked like an old man trying to get down on the ground to catch the ball. He looked, he looked tentative. He just didn't look good. I know he's got some injuries. Fast forward a couple of plays later, Davis Allen gets that same pass. He's younger. He's not as banged up. He goes right down there. He catches it. He rolls over. We're good to go. It's just life in the NFL that the more hits you take, the more you take, the more injuries that you've had, they just kind of start to stack on top of each other. And this isn't a bad game or two. This is five games in a row where Cooper Cup has not looked like himself. If we're doing silver linings, and, and I think that this is a pretty good one, 
because he's not dominant the way he was, the ball has to go other places. The ball has to go to Nakua. The ball has to go to Williams. They saw Tyler Higby get involved a little bit. We saw Tutu catch a handful of passes in that game. That Knowing that Cooper Cup isn't the ultimate off-ramp and safety valve, that the ball has to go other places, I think that ultimately that served the Rams pretty well. Yeah, Travis, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was just about to say that the way that things have played out this season, you found Puka Nakua. Tutu Abba was their best receiver yesterday. He looked like a cable downfield threat. He's making some tough catches as well. Tyler Higby is finally back into this offense. Had a season-high two touchdowns, right? Rams first TD from a TE. So that definitely is a positive. And look, it had it been the Cooper Cup that we saw in 2021 or even the start of 2022 for the first eight, nine weeks of the season, and they're locking onto him. He's getting all the targets. And then he got injured. Well, then they're really in a bad place because then they're scrambling. Guys are trying to figure things out with Puka Nakua, but now they're in a place where this has really been the case all year, and yes, he can still be added. One thing I want to point out that, yes, Cooper Cup has struggled, and they don't rely on him right now, but if you do want to reach this team's ceiling, you're going to need him to be maybe an 80-90% Cooper Cup, a guy that when you're playing teams like the Ravens, the Niners, if they're at full strength, some of these better teams out there, Cooper Cup is still a guy that if he's done it before, you can do it again in stretches, and you want to see at least the optimized version of him. And look, I've never played in the NFL, but I mean, I can relate to Cooper Cup, my Thanksgiving turkey bowl. I mean, I'm running out there. I dropped a pass early on. I'm starting to look in the mirror like, is this it for me? Look, only a couple of things are undefeated. Bacon, beard, 72 Dolphins, and the father of time. And I think that's what we're seeing with Cooper Cup. He's starting to get a little older, starting a little more banged up. And when you lose it, you start to lose it quick, especially if you're at a skill position like the wide receiver spot. And especially when you're at such a high level. to yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. That, that This isn't just a pretty good player that's starting to come back to earth. This was arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL. He won the Triple Crown two years ago. He had more catches, more yards, and more touchdowns than any other wide receiver in football. And he capped off that season by being the Super Bowl MVP. That's about yeah. as that's about as high of a peak as you're going to have at that position. Now, it's been a pretty nasty decline since then, a lot of it due to injury. But like you mentioned, time is undefeated, and, and especially at those sorts of positions. This isn't, you know, this is pretty normal for a guy at that position. You get a hop there, and then it starts to come down. They, and I'm not comparing these, like, stylistically, but think about a guy like Julio Jones, who was like, okay, this guy's unguardable. You're And now it's like, wait, he, why doesn't he ever catch a pass anymore? And it happens fast, and I think it's starting to happen to Cooper Cup. Hopefully, they can get, you know, he can get healthier. He can, because I know he does the work. It just he just has not had the impact on games that he's had uh, historically over the, re really quite frankly over the last season and a half. Yeah, that's kind of my hope right there is that the fact he's not super speed reliant is that he can yeah. still be productive and kind of just reinvent himself in a sense if he has lost a little bit of a step. And I think that, of course, he's not fully healthy. That's really the no. biggest reason why he's not as good is because when he first came back, first couple of games, he was really good. Then the ankle really set him back in a big way. Real, real quickly here, though, playoff chances right now, playoffs, 29% for the Rams. That 29%, Packers beat the Lions. They stayed alive. Of course, the Packers have the tie, the tiebreaker because yep. Brett Rippon exists. And then the Falcons, they beat the Saints. And they could face a Browns team that's P.J. Walker and no Miles Garrett. So yep. things are starting to trend in the right direction, continue to trend in a potential playoff appearance for this Rams team if they continue to win. All right, I'll give it to you. I'll give this to you quickly. The Rams could be inside the playoff line as soon as Sunday afternoon. The, the Seahawks play in Dallas on Thursday. 
they're likely to lose that game. They hold the tiebreaker over the Seahawks. The Packers are hosting the Kansas City Chiefs, okay, who are coming off of a loss of their uh, – they, they won against the Raiders this weekend, but they have not looked their best, uh, like their best football team that they have. If the Chiefs beat the Packers and the Seahawks lose to the Cowboys and the Rams take care of business against the Browns, the Rams are the seventh seed in the West – or excuse me, in the NFC. It could be as soon – the, the problem isn't beating the Browns, which I think that they're likely to do. I think that this is set up really well for them. They caught a break. But you have to. not You, you have to beat New Orleans, Washington, and New York. You can't afford to lose any of those because if you do, now you have to beat Baltimore or San Francisco. And they're not going to beat Baltimore or San Francisco. They're just they're just not going to do that. So you have to run the table against those other three bad teams in New Orleans, Washington, and New York. And that's the part that scares me. I don't know if a Rams team is good enough to just back pocket wins like that the way that they have in the past. If they win on Sunday, their season turns Sunday, everything is right there in front of them. But it has to happen against Cleveland. Absolutely, Travis. I mean, you're 6-6 six and six after being Cleveland. you got three winnable games. Washington, New yep. Orleans at home. That one's going to be a toss-up. I want to be surprised if we lost that. It's a Thursday night, and the and, and the, and the Rams yeah. are at home, so that's a huge disadvantage for the for the New Great Orleans point. Saints coming in on a short week. So I, I think that one kind of breaks towards the Rams. I agree with you. It's probably and we're not getting flexed out. You, no, it's we're we're inside the window. It's not getting flexed. It's a marquee out. matchup, baby. Absolutely. So the, it, for the first time in a while, the Rams are catching some breaks, like you mentioned. Uh, Miles Garrett had his arm in a sling. P.J. Walker may be your quarterback after DTR took a wicked shot against the uh, the Browns. And Amari Cooper left that game as well. So the Browns are dinged up. It's a good time to play them. But you got to beat those three bad teams because if you don't, now you have to do the thing that you probably can't, and that's beat Baltimore or San Francisco. Exactly. And San Francisco, I think it's going to come down to what they're willing to do in that last game. Are they going to sit yeah. starters? Look, you saw Michigan. They've turned the tides on Ohio State. At some point, the some Rams point. got to turn the tides on San Francisco 49ers. Maybe it starts with that week 17 matchup right late in the year. But that's going to do for this episode of Locked on Rams. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And as always, you can follow the people's champ, Mr. Travis Rogers at Travis Rogers. And until next time, whose house? It's Locked on Rams house.